It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Cross Kingdom Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from Justin Carpenter. So, um, I just want to give a big shout out to the Mott Longs for leading worship this morning. Y'all are amazing. Blessings. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm sure each of you at home enjoyed that. And the less than 10 people in this room thoroughly enjoyed that. But... um, I want to talk to you about um, awakening from slumber, and this honestly came from an encounter I had in my prayer time, I I believe it was Thursday, and Thursday afternoon I I was in prayer, and as I was praying, I was feeling burdened, I was feeling, um, you know, just kind of heavy laden with everything. Um, to be honest with you, my prayer time has not been uh, where I need it and want it uh, over the last few days. Uh, super busy running around, uh, preparing for things. We, uh, a few of us came here on Wednesday and we handed out a, uh, like 180 meals. Uh, Kona Ice was here and... Um, you know, we're just praying right now in this hour how we strategically can minister to our region. Um, you know, regardless of what you feel about uh, COVID-19, uh, regardless of, you know, in, um, I believe it's in Isaiah, it says, don't call everything a conspiracy that these people call a conspiracy. And so I think that there's, there's balance in the midst of that. And Speculation is not revelation. I want to say that again, that speculation is not revelation. And it's extremely important that we get into a place with the Lord where we're actually walking in wisdom and and flowing in revelation. It's important that in these hours, or in this hour, that we're actually in a place we're actually hearing the voice of the Lord. John ten twenty seven. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, the voice of a stranger they will not follow. It, you know, it says in the last days that, that false teachers and false prophets will rise up, and if possible, they'll even deceive the elect. It says that they'll rise up, and they'll actually do signs and wonders, and Jesus doesn't dispute the signs or wonders or the miracles that they do, 
He actually says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity or lawlessness. I never knew you. Remember this, that sin is lawlessness. And this is what I know, just like with 9-11. When these things happen, um, God's hedge of protection has lifted to a certain measure off of our country, and that's what allows the enemy to attack. Remember, it says that the enemy came to steal, kill, destroy, but Jesus came to give us life and give it more abundantly. So obviously, disease and sickness is not abundant life. It's not in heaven, and therefore, we should be praying against it, right? Um, God is sovereign, but God doesn't use sickness and disease to teach us lessons. Uh, I want to say that again. It's the goodness of God that draws us to repentance. In fact, in Ezekiel, uh, the Lord says, Do I take delight in the destruction of the wicked? No, I'd rather they repent. And so when John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, that world means world. That means everyone. It's his heart and desire that none perish. Well, I got good news for you. In this hour, look at the field, because the field's white unto harvest. The field absolutely is ready for picking. Are we going to reap in this hour? Are we going to stand up and become the backbone of this nation once again? Will America be known as a Christian nation again, not just in name, but in action? Are are we going to cut the political spirit down and the racism and all of this crap that has been coming against our nation and against the body of Christ? Are we going to wage war because our weapons of warfare are not carnal? Are we going to stand up in this hour and be the light and salt that we are? Because if Christ is in you, he's the hope of glory. If Christ is in you, then you are light and you're a child of light because God is light. And in him is no darkness. There's no shifting of shadows. There's, there's no darkness in him. And we've been given the mind of Christ, and it's high time in this hour that we function with the mind of Christ. And so... Thursday, I'm praying, and, and, and I'm like, I'm feeling burdened, and, you know, obviously, there's wild stuff going on, and, you know, everybody's a homeschool parent all of a sudden, and there's just so many changes, but it's also an opportunity. So even, even when the enemy overplays his hand, guess what? It's an opportunity for us to step into a greater intimacy with the Father and actually ask him what's going on. So no matter what's going on in your life, if you're fighting sickness, if you're fighting disease, if you're fighting financial turmoil right now, there's a greater revelation that God wants to give you in this moment. And what he says is what sets you free. And I was sitting there in prayer and, and asking the Lord for revelation on what in the world is going on. Why am I so heavy burdened? You know, I've repented, I've rebuked, I've sliced, diced, and covered, and everything nice. I just went through everything, and I was still feeling this weight on me. And I was like trying to figure out what in the, what in the world is my issue. And all of a sudden, just um, I got this instant revelation in my spirit, and without even thinking, I began to um, repent. And this is what's interesting I begin to repent for not stewarding my watch post. So there was a lack of stewardship as a watchman. Now, I want to I 
deep dive into this for a second because not all intercessors are prophetic, but all prophetic people are called to be intercessors. As you look through Scripture, all the prophets were watchmen. They were called watchmen. And we, so if you're prophetic in nature, intercession's not an option, but a command. But what happens is, if we don't view ourselves in... When we don't view ourselves in the light that the Lord views us, then we don't come into agreement with who He says we are. And when we don't come into agreement with who He says we are, then we actually have willful disobedience because of ignorance and unbelief. So look at your life in this moment, regardless of what the Lord's called you to. And I want to tell you that the enemy is there pounding you with lies and unbelief and doubt so that you won't step into that place. So let me tell you this, and this has happened to me two times in the last year and a half. As I begin to repent for not stewarding my watch post, all of a sudden I felt this gatekeeper who, that had been the spirit that had been coming against me. I felt this thing lift off of me. And, and I felt 100 pounds lighter in the spirit afterwards. So then I did this deep dive. Lord, what in the world is attached to watchmen or attached to watch posts? And, uh, and I, I called uh, my friend John Thomas because I didn't want to let this go. And I talked with him for a while. And he said something very interesting. He said, the important thing is, Justin, that you recognized that you were not being obedient. And when you repented, it became obedient. It left. It lifted that assignment that, uh, of the enemy. Secondly, he encouraged me to, to find out what exactly the Lord had called me to be a watchman over. Now, you're gonna, you may think right now in this moment, you may have a, a temptation to tune this off because you're like, well, I'm not a watchman. Ha. Huh. We're going to find out that everyone is called to watch to a certain measure and in certain areas. And the actual um, Hebrew word for watchman actually means this, to lean forward, to peer into the distance. So as a watchman, what are you doing? You're peering into the distance, or as intercessors, you're peering into the future to see what the Lord might show you. And, and by implication, it means to observe, await, behold, look up, wait for, and watch. And as I begin to do a deep dive into this and even uh, read a new book, um, well, it's actually an older book by Mahesh and Bani Shabda, which, by the way, Mahesh was one of the first prophets to prophesy over Max uh, Griner for the Coming King Foundation. <clears throat> Excuse me. He called Max out in a conference and prophesied over him in like 2001, and that was the beginning stages of the empty cross, the garden, which is pretty amazing. <clears throat> and so, if you've got your Bibles at home, in Daniel 9.2, it says, In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel perceived in the books the number of years that according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet must pass before the end of desolations of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. So watch this. <clears throat> so Daniel, who was a prophet, 
he looks to the scrolls of Jeremiah, the prophetic word, and he sees that there was 70 years of captivity prophesied, and then he recognizes the time. Remember the sons of Issachar, they understood the times and seasons in which we live. Now more than ever, we need to see that anointing of the sons of Issachar rise up on the body of Christ today. We need to know the times and seasons that we're in, and, and we need to be a mouthpiece. We need to hear, we need to see, and we need to speak only the Lord's words, not our own. And he says, then he turned his face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. So what did Daniel do? This is called identificational prayer. This is the reason we started the 714 movement, which is 2 Chronicles 714. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, seek my face, repent, and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and I'll heal their land. Now, I understand that the Lord was speaking to Israel in that context in that hour, but guess what? We are grafted in, there's neither Jew nor Gentile now, but one new man, Ephesians. And so we are grafted into this, and when we see events like this, whether 9-11 or or COVID-19 or the swine flu, when we see the hedge of protection lift, guess what? That means that we need to look at our nation. And just like the prophets of old, they stood in the gap, they interceded. Abraham stood in the gap for his people. He prayed for the king. The Lord told the king, hey, you just took a prophet's wife, and if you don't hand her back, you're a dead man. How would you like that for a visitation at night? And he, he's dealing with the prophets, and, they, and the prophets would stand in the gap and intercede on behalf of Israel. Listen, in the new covenant, there's a brand new priesthood. First Peter says he's raising us up as living stones in a royal priesthood. We are to be interceding on behalf of our nation, and we are to be identifying with our nation in this moment. We are to have identificational prayer, and we need to humble ourselves. We need to seek the Lord's face. We need to repent of any personal sin that may have crept into our lives and, and, and absolutely identify with the sins of the nation and begin to ask the Lord for mercy and grace and that his goodness would shine on us. It says that the glory of the Lord will cover the face of the earth as the waters cover the sea in the last days. It's our job to see the kingdom advance in this hour. Daniel 7.1 says, In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream and visions of his head as he lays in his bed. Then he wrote down the dream and told the sum of the matter. Listen, as we dig deeper into this over the next few minutes, you're going to be amazed at the watches and night watch and what God does in the night. Remember this in Joel 2, it says, In the last days will pour out a spirit. Two of those things are dreams and visions. Guess what? Daniel talked about his night visions, right? He talks about his dreams. And and right now, God's pouring out a spirit on all flesh. And they're having dreams. Young men are having dreams and uh, are visions. And old men are having dreams. So you can't get away from this aspect of, of watching. And it's interesting that the Lord chose 
to take what was natural and what's true in the natural with literal watchmen back in those days, and they would watch over a city. And then he says, okay, this is what you're to be doing in the spirit, much like Habakkuk. Isaiah 29.10, For the Lord has poured out upon you a spirit of deep sleep and has closed your eyes, the prophets, and covered your heads, the seers. See, in the Old Covenant, you, you see seers and prophets. They, they were both prophets, but the seers received revelation through sight, whereas the word for prophet, Navi, it was more inspirational, more bubbling up, more like psalmist. Uh, for those of you that remember Kim Clement, he was more of a Navi type versus like Bob Jones or John Paul Jackson, who were seers. And the Lord, because of the disobedience of Israel, he actually it, he closed the eyes of the prophets and covered the heads of the seers. What does that mean? No visions, no night visions, and therefore a lack of revelation. It's just like in Samuel's day, uh, in 1 Samuel 3, when the Lord called Samuel. It says there was no great revelation or word of the Lord in that day. So revelation was dim. And what we have to guard our hearts for today, right now in this moment, is a slumbering spirit. Remember this, that it says that when Jesus returns, he gives the parable of the brides. This is what a lot of people don't catch. They argue over this issue with the brides that have oil, the brides that don't have oil, and this is the Holy Spirit, this isn't the Holy Spirit. But here's the key. When he comes back at the midnight hour, everyone was asleep. Even the brides with oil in their lamps were sound asleep. This is why Jesus says, when I say to you, I say to everyone, stay awake and watch. And over and over and over in Scripture, in the New Covenant, Jesus says, stay awake, stay awake. See, these things should not overtake us because we are children of the light. We, we do have the ability to see things in the future. Why? Because John 16 says that he will show us things to come. So anyone that has the Holy Spirit in them has the ability to see the future as God decides in his sovereignty. Mark 13 says this, uh, 35 to 37, Therefore stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. This is the divine reset in this hour right now that we can literally see the areas that we have not stewarded, see the areas that we've fallen asleep, and we can begin, once again, to steward our relationship with the Lord. So I want to encourage you, even now, in this moment, that you begin to ask the Lord, Lord, what, what have I fallen asleep on? Let me tell you something. You're a, if you're married, you're a watchman over your home. And if you've not stewarded that guard post, what has creeped into your family? What's come into your family through movies? through music, through all of these different doorways, if, if you're not watching and interceding. It says that we're to love our wives like Christ loved the church. I can tell you that there are areas that I am, I've literally had a fresh um, sensitivity on, and I was, I was burdened this morning over areas of my life that I absolutely know must be stewarded on a greater measure.
Listen to this, <clears throat> Exodus 12, 41 to 42. At the end of 430 years, on that very day, all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. It was a night of watching by the Lord. Now follow this, because we're coming up on Passover. This is a key. At the end of the 430 years, on that very day, remember this, when Moses went to deliver the children of Israel, he did it out of timing of the Lord. He did it premature, and the iniquity of the Amorites were not yet full. And so because of that, he was not able to see them set free yet because it was not time. But it says, it was a night of watching by the Lord to bring them out of the land of Egypt. So this night, the same night, is a night of watching kept to the Lord by all the people of Israel throughout their generations. So one of the things the Israelites would do when it came to Passover is they they would do a watch. They would do a watch that night on Passover and they would stay awake like a memorial. <clears throat> Remember this, 1 Peter 3, the Lord calls Samuel in the night. This was at the night watch. 1 Samuel fifteen eleven. I regret that I've made Saul king, for he's turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And Samuel was angry, and he cried to the Lord all night. In fact, prophetic people are so intense with their feelings, and they feel so deep, you see Samuel grieving for like two years because the Lord said Saul is not going to remain king. His bloodline will not remain. And he kept grieving and grieving. And the Lord comes to Samuel Samuel and says, Samuel, how long are you going to grieve Saul? Get up and go to the house of Jesse, and I will show you who you're to anoint as king. And so, right now, some of you, because of the way you're wired, the way God's gifted you, you're not just feeling your own anxiousness, you're not just feeling your own burdens, you're not just feeling your own uh, panic, but you're actually feeling that of those around you and, and the atmosphere over you. And so, in your prayer time, you need to pay attention and process, because as Galatians 6.1, carry one another's burdens... That doesn't mean you carry the responsibility for that person's life and pack up everybody on your back and carry them. It means that you bring them to the cross. You help them take their burden, their false responsibility, and in the spirit, you lay that at the feet of Jesus. That is burden-bearing in the spirit versus your soul. Um. Psalms, listen to this. I'm, I'm trying to paint a picture here so that you all understand this issue of, of watchmen and where you're called specifically to watch and pray in this hour. Um, it says, So I will bless you as long as, you, as I live in your name. I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you on my, what? On my bed. This is David talking. And meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. Remember, David would sit in the temple, and and he would be in the sanctuary. 
and he would behold the sanctuary and you would see the, the shadow of the cherubim over the ark. And, and, and he, would, he would remember this and he understood these things. And that's where Psalms 91 comes into play. That again, we need to understand that we've got a greater covenant than David had. We have a greater covenant than the old covenant. And you look at the ways in which people encountered God in the old covenant. You look at the ways in which God uh, showed himself strong on their behalf. And we have a greater covenant. So we should expect greater things because the blood of Jesus speaks louder. Listen to this, Psalm 16, 7 to 8. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is in my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Listen, right now I can, I can just see our intercessors that are watching the live stream, Gala and Rebecca and Deborah and Chris and everybody that's, that just loves intercession. They're going, yes, 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 this is it, this is it. Well, I want to tell you something that we're at, we will enter into days where, I'm telling you, uh, fasting and prayer and reading of the word and intercession is not just going to be something that we flippantly do, but it's going to become bread and it's going to be life. Psalms 127.1, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city... The watchman stays awake in vain. Psalms 22, 2. For all you prophetic people that see numbers all the time and you see 222, well, here's Psalms 22, 2. Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. Now, you can look at that in a couple of different contexts, but this is a, this is a call of intercession. David is crying out. He's in repentance and intercession. And what if you're seeing Psalms 22 too, because the Lord's calling you to identify with the nation. He's calling you to repentance. He's calling you to intercession in the night on behalf of your city or your state or even your country. Isaiah 21, 6 to 8 says, For thus the Lord said to me, Go, set a watchman, let him announce what he sees, when he sees riders, horsemen in pairs, riders on donkeys, riders on camels, let him listen diligently, very diligently. Then he who saw cried out upon a watchtower, I stand, O Lord, continually by day and at my watch post, at my post, I am stationed whole nights, all night. Now, I don't expect many people to get excited about thinking about praying in the night. Um, I've never in my entire life uh, done, a, done a watch in the middle of the night, whether midnight to three or three to six, the fourth watch, or, uh, yeah, I've never done that. But I can tell you that I'm, I'm beginning to feel a nudge and an urge from the Lord, uh, and, I'm, and I'm pressing in, asking the Lord what my watch is. And I want to encourage you, ask the Lord, what he's calling you to in this hour, and as you intercede, and as you wait, and as you watch, what is the Lord asking you to watch over? It may be your wife and kids. It may be a friend. It, it, it may be 
a community. It may be a ministry. It may be a business. The, the Lord is going to call us all to different things to watch and pray and supplicate and intercede and identify with. Ezekiel 3.17, Son of man, I've made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. He goes on and tells uh, Ezekiel that when you see trouble coming and you don't warn them, then their blood's on your head. But then he turns around and says, but if you warn them and they don't listen to me, their blood's on their own head. So this issue of being a watchman, if God's called you to be a watchman, is not a light uh, issue. It's, it's a commandment. It's a part of your calling, and you're called to steward it. There's a stewardship that must be, the responsibility for that stewardship must be taken serious. Hosea 9.8, the prophet is the watchman of Ephraim with my God. The prophet is the watchman of Ephraim. Isaiah 62, 6 and 7. On your walls, O Jerusalem, I've set watchmen all the day and all the night. They shall never be silent. You who put the Lord in remembrance, take no rest. Give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes it a praise in the earth. So part of us, it says, unless the Lord builds the house, those that uh, labor, labor in vain. We need to see that intercession in this hour is a huge part of this. There's never been a major move of God without intercession that preceded it. And we, we've got to understand <clears throat> that many times watchmen and intercessors, they're, they're in the background and, and hardly anybody knows them. But I can tell you this, that without intercession, we're in deep trouble. Intercession is so, so, so important. And some of you... Right now, the Holy Spirit's dealing with your heart. In fact, I see a woman with a red shirt on, and, and the Lord's dealing with your heart about intercession, and he's calling you into it. I set watchmen over you, saying, pay attention to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not pay attention. And when we don't pay attention to what the Lord says, when the, the trumpet's always made a sound, and every sound of every trumpet was giving you orders, marching orders on what you should do, and when we ignore the trumpet, when we ignore the sound of the Lord, we get in trouble. Listen to this, Jeremiah fifty-one twelve, <clears throat> Set up a standard against the walls of Babylon. Make the watch strong. Set up watchmen. Prepare the ambushes, for the Lord has both planned and done what he spoke concerning the inhabitants of Babylon. This is one of my favorite scriptures by Habakkuk, chapter 2, 2 to 4. It says this, And the Lord answered me, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end, it will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It won't delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up and is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by faith. I want to I encourage you right now in this moment, y'all, that we need to be generous in this hour. 
We don't need to have a fear of lack. We don't need to be in fear. If you're hoarding, knock it off. I mean it. If you're hoarding because you just need 60 days supply and the Lord didn't tell you to do that, that's not wisdom. That's fear masquerading as wisdom. There's no shortage of food and there's no shortage of toilet paper, people. Knock it off. I went into the grocery store yesterday at HEB and there's all the meat was there. Vegetables were there. But you know what wasn't there? Bread. Bread was gone except for a few generic loaves. There was absolutely no toilet paper or paper towels. Now, let me, I'm going to give you a secret here. You can actually use hand towels instead of paper towels. Now, I know some of y'all didn't think about that, but they call these things hand towels that you can buy. You can wash them and reuse them. All right, I'm off my soapbox on that. But no, it's too easy for us to allow fear to creep into our life and, and tell ourselves and everyone around us that what we're doing is because of wisdom when the truth is you have fear. We need to be on guard. Remember, because of the lawlessness of many, the, uh, that the love of many will grow cold. Why? Because they keep observing all the lawlessness around them. And what happens is, for those that are sensitive and love much, the danger is to harden your heart because you don't want to feel all the pain of watching so many people wander in darkness. So guard your hearts and pray for them. Don't stop praying. And I, and I, want, to, I want to challenge you all, in this hour, go deep. Go deep in your prayer. I want, to, I want to challenge you to engage in intercession. Get still, get quiet before the Lord and ask Him what He wants you interceding on, what He wants you watching for. <clears throat> I can tell you this, that there are plans going down in this very hour of their darkness, their, their evil plans, and there are people trying to take advantage of the crisis to push certain things. And we need to pray that they fall on their own traps so that we are partnering with the Lord with his heart for this nation. He's not even close to being done with America, y'all. We are to be a lighthouse in these last days. We're to be, we're to be sending out missionaries once again to the ends of the earth, not missionaries coming here. Matthew 26. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful even to death, remain here and watch with me. Jesus is telling the disciples in the garden, stay here and watch. And going a little, a little far, farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Y'all, there are absolutely moments in our life, it's not about what you want. I don't care how good the desire is. There are moments in your life God's going to call you to lay your life down on behalf of your friend, maybe even your enemy. My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass. But he says, but not my will, but yours. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. This is the same picture where much of the church is right now, sound asleep, clueless. And that may sound harsh, but I have scripture to back it up. 
So we just need to recognize that he's always right and we're not. And he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me one hour? Let me say that again. Could you not watch with me one hour? How many people do you know that pray an hour straight a day? And I'm not, hear my heart, I'm not getting legalistic about this. And I'm not telling you, you have to do that or you're a horrible believer. Not saying any of those things. But in intense moments, in times of shaking, you better up your game. You better up your prayer life. Because in this moment, in the garden, when Jesus is about to be taken, right? This was a time to watch and pray. And Jesus rebukes Peter. Can you not even pray for an hour? What would Jesus do in the night, in the night watches? Jesus always went to the mountain at night and prayed and got alone with his father and communed with him. I'm telling you, there's, the more I'm reading about people having encounters with God in the night and watching and praying and waiting and interceding, it's absolutely amazing. And I know that God's called our region He's called our our region to have watchmen. He's called our region to eventually, I believe with all my heart, have around-the-clock intercession and worship. And it's got to be a work of God, not man. He says, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. I'm telling you all right now, you need to watch and pray that you don't enter into temptation to actually start getting irritated and hateful and judgmental to those around you. Listen, if, the, if people around you don't know Jesus, it's impossible for them to be at peace right now. And, and their life and all they're concerned, all hell's breaking loose for them right now. And there is, we read the end of the book. We know how this ends. But the world around us, they have no clue. So what if we just become ministers of peace? What if we just say, hey, can I pray for you? I've noticed you don't have any peace. Let me give you some of mine until you can get your own. And literally minister peace to them, release peace to them, just like the disciples released peace to homes. And then he says, um, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for a third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to his his disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour's at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hand of sinners." what would it have looked like if those disciples watched and prayed those three hours? They never would have entered into temptation. Do you understand this? Pray that you don't enter into temptation. So in the midst of the temptation, Jesus is showing you the key. Remember it says that God will never allow us to be tempted above what we can handle, but will always provide a way out from under it. Well, guess what? Watching and praying is a part of being strengthened in the midst of temptation so that you're not tempted. Jesus is saying, listen, if you'll watch and pray in this hour, you won't even be tempted 
to actually come into agreement with what the enemy's wanting you to do right now. What was it? It was to renounce Jesus. It was to deny that they even knew him. He told Peter three times you're going to do this. What if Peter would have watched and prayed for three hours and ignored his, his need to sleep or his desire to sleep? What if, what if he fought that? And that was natural sleep. But I'm telling you, there's a spirit of slumber that literally will bring natural tiredness on you. I've seen it over and over and over in ministry sessions where all of a sudden the room, I'll feel tiredness and it's not mine. And I'll say, hey, are you feeling tired? They're like, oh, yeah, all of a sudden I'm just, ah, I'm just really tired right now. And then we command that to lift in Jesus' name, and all of a sudden they're wide awake. Remember, y'all, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And Scripture says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. It's high time that we get back into the place <clears throat> where we understand the times and seasons. We understand what's going on. There's watchmen, and just like Amos 3.7, it says God won't do anything without first telling his prophets first. It's high time that the prophets embrace the purification process so that they are full of character and gift and that the words they're speaking aren't falling to the ground and they're not adding to what God said. Let me say this as I finish up. Thank you all for hanging in there. I hope you've enjoyed this uh, live stream. This is uh, the first time we've done the new system. So um, I'm excited so far. <laughs> um, in the book that I'm reading by Mahesh and Bonnie, <clears throat> it says, as you pray and pray corporately, seven things combine into a beautiful mix that when led by the Holy Spirit creates an atmosphere conducive to the presence of God. So as we begin to, to uh, come together, and I can tell you this, that when the restrictions lift, we are going to gather on a Friday night and we're going to gather for worship and intercession. And we're not just going to do this when the pressure's on. We're going to have a lifestyle and a culture of engaging God in the way that he's called us to engage him. <clears throat> but they, they say they have seven things that are involved when they would do Friday night watches. And I'm, I'm not saying you have to come and stay all night, but... I, I just have a very strong feeling there's some amazing things that the Lord wants to do in this hour when it comes to worship and intercession. But there's praise, worship, thanksgiving, supplication, intercession, prophecy, and proclamation. So what are you doing? You're coming in with thanksgiving and praise, right? Psalm says that's how we come in. Enter his what? Gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with what? Praise. This, this tells us how we enter in. And then we begin to have supplication and intercession. And then when God releases prophecy, we begin to get his heart for a family, for a subject, for a city, for a region, for a state, for, for geographical issues. And then we begin to align ourselves with what the Lord's saying in that, in that moment and we, we begin to proclaim and declare what the Lord wants done on the earth. Remember, it says the heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's, but he's given the earth to the sons of men. So we absolutely have a responsibility of God in this hour to co-labor with Christ to see the kingdom of heaven continue to advance on the earth. 
And in Revelation, it says, when the seventh trumpet blows, that's the seventh and last trumpet, when that trumpet blows, it says that all the kingdoms of the earth have become the kingdoms of our Lord and His Christ. So what are you doing? You occupy until He comes. What are you doing? Are you wearing a helmet, stockpiling toilet paper, and hand sanitizer? What are you doing in this hour? I'm not saying be stupid. I'm not saying go out there and, and, and disobey what's been asked of us to keep the, those at risk and the elderly safe. But what is he telling you to do in this hour? Listen, what is he calling you to watch? What, how are you to be interceding for your family, for your friends, for your business? Right now we're going to navigate uncharted territories with the economy. We're going to be navigating uncharted territories with small businesses that are folding like a deck of cards right now. It's our job to pray and ask the Lord to give people witty inventions, business ideas. It's, it's actually time for the body of Christ to see the wealth of the wicked that's been stored up for the righteous to see it transfer. It's time for us to be the head and not the tail. Again, it's time for us to be the head and not the tail. Quit acting like a butt. <laughs> act, act like who God made you to be. So, <clears throat> let me pray, and uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. For more messages and other resources, please subscribe to this podcast or go to our website at www.crosskingdom.org.